0: Alison Little, a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur who has built businesses and brands for the past decade. I'm passionate about helping high achievers launch to the next level. Welcome to the Launch Podcast with Allison Little. Today's episode is called Engineering Clean Energy with B.D. Erickson II. B.D. is passionate about health and privacy risks associated with today's wireless technology, smart meters, and the dirty electricity they cause. He's served in Anthony Robbins Leadership Academy for over a decade and is currently running the country's leading clean power manufacturing facility and Montana's most proficient solar company. He's a great public speaker who enjoys inspiring and educating with energetic presentations. Hello, BD, and welcome to the Launch Podcast.
1: Hello. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. So could you tell us a little bit more about yourself?
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm from a small town in western Montana. Um, I grew up, my family manufactured solar panels. So that put me in a couple of sectors. It put me in the green renewable energy sector. Uh, It also taught me about leading and and being in charge of a group of individuals who also have their own lives outside the workplace. Um, One of the things that my father's job was, was setting up dealerships. And so we would travel to these different cities, uh, meet this brave entrepreneur, um, help them set up a business that was very foreign to most people, solar panels in the 70s and 80s, right? It was not not as familiar as it is today. And then watch what made that entrepreneur successful. um, Was it the market sometimes? Um, Was it marketing? Sometimes. Was it his ability to lead his crew? Usually. So I got, that was a great opportunity. It was was hard for me as a kid. I went to 11 schools in 12 years and that's challenging. You know, you love to find your tribe. Uh, Do you fit in? Are you an athlete? Are you scholastic? Do you play an instrument? You get to fit in somewhere. I never, I don't have a yearbook. Um, I never had an opportunity in that 12 years to ever really be a part of a group, particularly that was hard. Um, it's the hardest when you go into lunch, because when you go into the lunchroom and you get your tray, everybody has their their pals in their place where they sit, and you don't have that. So navigating that was very challenging at the time. I know now it serves me as an adult because I can walk into an uncomfortable situation, manage my physiology and my state, put on my big smile and be willing to meet new people. And what I've found is that even if you don't fit, right? Even if they've already got their friends and they're already their thing, people want to be pals. They they want to engage. For the most part, people don't want to judge you harshly. They're hoping you're not doing the same to them. They want to be friends. And so mm-hmm. as soon as you smile big and engage them and let them know that you want to be their pal and introduce yourself, you watch their force field drop, their smile comes up and a new friendship is born. And so that's something that has, you know, served me. I guess, however painful at the time, for a lifetime. I was in the music business as a youth. Um, had some really large name uh, rock and roll acts signed to our production company. And after uh, planning a three-day, thirty-band rock and roll music festival, it rained. It started raining on Thursday, and nobody wants to put their tent in the car. And drive to a rainy venue and put up their tent in the rain and listen to music in the rain. A few did. Sure. A few, God bless them, did. But that rained out our show. And so we were in a lot of trouble because we, we owed a lot of money, right, mm-hmm. to Pizza Hut and Mountain Dew and the security company and the fencing company and the bands. And we had no checkbook to draw from because all of our money came at the gate. This was very hard on me at the time. Uh, my girl and I just found out that we were pregnant. Neither one of us were ready for that. Um, and she was a beautiful, lovely girl, fabulous, fabulous girl. She and I were just not prepared for that. So a couple of these things had stacked on me, I didn't know my place in the universe. I was feeling very distraught, suicidal, those feelings that you suffer. Yes, looking back now, I know it was silly, but when you're 20, mm-hmm. right, it doesn't feel silly. It's very real. Then my dad kidnapped me, scooped me up, good dad drove me like three hours, to Spokane, Washington, to a Tony Robbins seminar. And my dad was like, oh my goodness, kill yourself. You're so silly. I love you. That's not your destiny. That's not your future. Let's go do this. And so when we got there, and when I mean kidnap me, they tricked me. My girl and my dad tricked me and got me in the car. um, And Tony Robbins wasn't there. It wasn't this big, beautiful Tony Robbins event. It was at a chiropractor's office, and Tony Robbins was on the wall, right? But we... We did the exercises, and I played full out, and I, that stuff resonates with me. And I broke the board of limiting beliefs and that stuff, and it it changed my life forever. So like when I say that, I don't say that half-hazardly or, or half-hearted. I mean, that absolutely changed my life forever. And so one of the things that my wife had said when I got back, and she's my all-time favorite person, and the person that I most wanted to impress, the person that I most wanted to see value in me and tell me, call me a stud. That's who you want to hear it from. You think, <laughs> you, want hear, you, think you want to hear it from everybody yep. else? You don't. You want to hear it from your person, right? Mm-hmm. So she said, she said, I've stuck with your dumb ass because I saw somebody in you. I saw that there was a man in there and you kept him hidden for whatever reason. You never allowed yourself to be him and the man that you've been, the way that you've behaved. Uh, this last week since you got home, you are an even neater, there's even more in you than I saw.
0: Mm. And she
1: said that a little bit differently, but I'll tell you, I'll never forget it in the journey of my life. It's the single most important compliment that I have in the journey of my life. Um, it surpasses all others. And so I knew that journey was for me. And so we didn't have the money for me to go to Tony Robbins. You know, UPW or Master University, it's all very expensive. And she just said, you know, we'll sort it. We'll, we'll find a way. And so I was blessed to get to go to Tony Robbins Master University and got my degree. And then I went to Tony Robbins Leadership Academy. Um, and my team at Leadership Academy, we, we won. I don't even know how. It just all happened very surreal. Then I became a crew member and a leadership person and spent about a decade traveling around with the crew. With Tony Robbins wow. doing that thing. Mm-hmm. And then I, I got an opportunity to be a leadership and team building speaker all over the world. I have been around the world three times um, with the opportunity to, to coach leadership and team building. That's really been my thing. But that's, that's passed. I'm older now. You can only live on an airplane for so long. By last year, I slept in my own bed 64 nights. I was on the road 300 days. And so that passed me, but I got two things out of that. Um, that I'll that I'll keep forever. Number one is I learned those skill sets. That as an employer at a tech manufacturing firm, I think we have 21 or 22 W2s right now. I get to use those skill sets as a dad, as a son, as a friend, as an employer, as a speaker every single day. Mm-hmm. And I made an incredible peer group. I met people of every shape, color, size, ethnicity um, nation that I get to call my friends and we're connected at a very deep level. So Mm. those those are two blessings that I keep and hold tight.
0: That's amazing. What a journey, right? And here you are today, just continuing to launch to that next level. And it's, it's amazing Mm. to hear people's stories. That's why I love to do the podcast because you just never know, you just never know what people have gone through. And and the reason why I started this podcast was really to tell a story of how people got through the hard stuff, the obstacles, Uh the challenges, the things that, you know, when life throws you something, and you need to navigate that, what does that look like? And I think, You know, your growth has really um, led you to now uh, running uh, one of the country's leading clean energy companies, manufacturing facilities. So tell us a little bit about the company, what you do and how you help serve your clients.
1: Okay. So I am a serial entrepreneur. This is my third startup. All three have made over a million dollars in one year at some point in their run. It's funny how you end up on your life path, right? Um, You make these decisions in the moment. You know who will my friends be in high school? maybe which group i'll I'll hang with? Um who will I choose to marry? What shall I pursue in college or in work? And how do you arrive at those things? it is it is oftentimes well okay, I'm gonna say never. I'm careful when I say always or never. I would venture to say it's never a straight path. it's it's this it's this winding path of decisions that you make and the decisions that you make ultimately shape your destination or your destiny, right? So uh, my wife got a full ride for her grad degree in geology on the Big Island of Hawaii because she was a geologist and Mauna Loa and Mauna Kea are, they're erupting. It's a once in a lifetime thing. And at the, I believe at the time, the Big Island of Hawaii was growing by 56 acres a year. It was the newest earth on the planet, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, we're not, are you nuts? We're not moving to Hawaii. Are you? We're from Montana we're cowboys. We're not, we're so not moving to Hawaii. Right. And she's like, oh man, my kea is erupting and it's flowing and they're going to, they're going to give me a full ride. So, you know, a couple sleepless nights, and then you think how often, you know, so many people say, I'm going to change my life. They don't, unfortunately, potentially use most times, or I'm going to live my dream. And oftentimes they don't. And I just thought how often in life does somebody get to live their dream? God, Mm -hmm. of course we're going. All right, of course we're going. Of course we're going. She hugged me. Of course we're going. Of course we're going. So you pack all your stuff in a mat's container and you ship it to Hawaii and you do that. And there was not a lot for me to do there. But um, after her graduation ceremony, she was killed in an auto accident by a drunk driver.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Right? So right when we're ready to go, we're ready to start. There's no start. Oh,
0: I'm so sorry. That's horrible. Oh.
1: so, um it's, it's me and our son. It's me and little guy now. Mm-hmm. So, after about eight months, maybe in a total trance, I'm like, what do you want to do? And he's like, let's get out of here. I'm like, let's get out of here. He said, everything reminds me of mom. I said, everything reminds me of mom. Let's get out of here. So, we came back to Montana where we could be closer to everybody. And I had to start a business. Well, what I've been doing in Hawaii since we didn't have... A big customer base there, I would sell a very expensive high tech lighting system and light bulbs and lights to the Middle East. Now, I sold them in the Middle East because electricity was very expensive. So it made sense to sell this high efficiency light bulb. When the US electricity is very cheap, people don't care. And they really told me there's no market for the US. People go into Walmart or Walgreens, they grab the cheapest light bulb possible. That's not really an item they shop for. They simply grab to replace maybe the color or the brightness that they like. That's the limit to their shopping. There's no market for it. I said, I I believe that there is a market for people that want something better. It might be limited market. It might be high end. I think I can do it. Okay. So anyway, he and I buy a house kind of in haste that fits our needs. And short time into living there, he and I are on the deck and we realize the biggest power lines in missoula montana go right through our backyard and allison my son and i look at each other I'm like did you see those he's like i didn't see those i didn't either so we we giggled it away now there's something in your being nobody has to tell you this do you want your house under power lines no you don't right Mm -hmm. let me ask you this allison do you want the cell tower on the roof of your house no 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 you don't There is something inside us that just says those things are bad, right? Well, we lived there a year. and his first year, it's it's regular guy, straight A's, which is all he had gotten, perfect attendance. He had perfect attendance two years in a row in the last two years to Hawaii. And the following year, he doesn't have perfect attendance. Sickly, his grades are dropping. He's not him. He's restless. He's anxious. And so I think it's me that I'm... You know, I'm not delivering for him and he's missing mom and she's the best mom ever. And then I, it's me and I'm not the best dad ever. And I'm failing my guy that hurts. I mean, you want some sleepless nights and cry some soggy tears. That's, that's it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I begin to Google, I begin to be my own doctor. And that's something that we do nowadays. You know, you, Ah, my elbow feels something. What do you do? You Google it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is pretty early in all that, but I start looking at his symptoms and his symptoms One, two, three down the line are EHS, electro hypersensitivity. My son was ultra sensitive to the pollution, the E pollution, if you will, that comes from electrified world. So where I'm living in the same house, I'm not as susceptible to this form of pollution. He is within another year. And I'm starting to deduce all this, you know, doesn't happen overnight anxiety, crushing anxiety, fearful even sometimes to leave his room. And this guy's like his dad. He's a gregarious, outgoing, fun loving. He was student of the month for holding the door for some of the handicapped and special need kids because that's just his personality, right? Mm-hmm. He, I think he walked on fire 15 feet barefoot for the first time when he was 12. Oh my you know, he's my, this is my guy and he, he's suffering that. And so I began down this journey of, of electric pollution. Is it real? Are you wearing a foil hat? Is it psychosoma? I mean, some things are, and and that's real. You know, some things that you think about, you can manifest in illness if you believe them to be true for you, right? So you think about those things. And then I realized that the grass is dead all the way under the power lines either side. Well, I've got a science degree. Well, maybe the truck that put the lines up crushed it down. Maybe gas or something was spilling out of the truck. Maybe it wasn't the electricity. So then I start investigating, is the grass under power lines equal, bushy-er, or is it bushy-less, Allison? And I was able to prove definitively it's it's bushy-less, if not dead completely. So you have to be careful what you can say, what's good for people or bad for people because the FDA and all that. So I'm very careful not to go there. I love my career path. I don't want to get in trouble. Um, But you can talk about cows. It has been well-documented, marigold, dairy gold. I mean, that's big money in dairy, right? We're talking about cheese, butter, milk, ice cream. Ice cream is delicious. Yogurt. Um, And they've well-documented that the quality size production amount of dairy cow's milk is indeed affected by dirty electricity. Grows, greenhouses, strawberries, ganja, you name it. Plants grow towards the light, the water, the nutrition, right? They're brilliant they're biological they're alive right and they grow away from dirty electricity so without saying something that will get me in trouble for my person it is beyond contestation that this form of pollution is detrimental to the biological so i know that i'm not grass i'm not a cow but i am i'm biological and i'm incredibly complex and i'm very sensitive and so these things do have an effect so looping around here for around Forgive me for just ranting on you. What made our light bulb great was its very efficient conversion of watts, which is the electricity that you buy into light, into lumens. And a very small portion of it was wasted as heat or distortion. And these things now are distortion and heat what cause dirty electricity. So now I had to use my leadership skills because now I'm wearing a foil hat. And people are like, boy, I love you. I don't know if that's the path you want to go down. Mm-hmm. And so I, I built an all-star cast of engineers. I have a PhD mathematician. I have a PhD physicist. I have a PhD engineer from MIT. And then I had to get buy-in, mm-hmm. right? And then get everybody working together and lead them on a path to invent something that really, for the most part, didn't exist in a sector that is pseudoscience, And now we are the leaders in the field and 85,000 installed wire and customers and tens of millions of dollars later, we get to serve and play a bigger game.
0: Mm, That's a beautiful story. And I love how you took something that was, you know, disturbing you. It was a, it was frustrating you. It was a problem in your life Mm -hmm. and you really wanted to be able to help your son. And that investigation led you to what you're doing today to help people. Like that's Mm -hmm. a beautiful story. And that's a Uh, way to kind of you know, find things. And as parents, right, we want to do anything that we can to make oh. sure that our kids are happy, healthy, like all the, all the things, right? You just want to do anything. And it sounds like you were on that path to just create something. And now here you are helping even more parents and people just in general, feel healthier, but also have that clean energy and have access to it. And that's a really, that's an awesome thing. As you've been leading and you've been growing your company, if you were gonna give our launch leaders, because we got leaders all over the globe that listen to this podcast, just the top one or two tips, what would you say right now? Understanding that they're coming out of pandemic. Many of them have been in survival, right? Uh, Survival mode. They have dealt with probably pivoting their business or their organization in ways they never thought whatever happen, what would you say to them? What, what would that message be?
1: So a business school teaches you that it's often your money. Are you undercapitalized? What's your market, you know, your demographic and your ability to reach them? And, and what's the timing, right? I would say eh, eh, to that, I really think instead it's your ability to get great buy-in from your team to get everybody focused on the same goal, the same picture, the same vision. And I'm going to get real corny on you, Allison, and start drawing that from the quantum field because the law of attraction is absolutely real. We manifest it every single day. So one of the first things that we do is we get our vision board out And we draw it. What's it look like? What's it smell like? What's it taste like? What's it going to be like when we're there? How grateful are we going to feel when we're there and we're experiencing and we're in it? What can each one of us do that we're good at, that we enjoy, that adds value and gets us closer to the goal? Um, I tell everybody nearly every day, I know that you could be a lot of different places. Thank you so much for being here and helping me. Number one, I can't do it alone. Number two, I don't want to do it alone. If it happens for me it will happen for you. And as company revenues grow, we give raises approximately every six months. Every human being here gets a raise. We do stock options. I'm always very careful to communicate to them about people come in and they want to buy our corporation and do things and how it would affect them. And I let them know that I will never make a decision for me. I will always make a decision for us. Um, and that whatever happens for me will happen for them, but in a way that we all decide together. And then people that say, well, how do you how do you find these great people? How do you recruit and head on these people? And, and oftentimes I find people that want to believe or want to share or want to contribute and add value. And we've all said it, but people forget it. It's not about money. You have to have some. Man, you want to be loved. You want to be heard. You want to matter. You want your input to count. You want your work to count. Make sure they know it counts. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we get in our own head, and yeah, I really love you, and I really appreciate you. Do you tell them, man? Do you high five them? Do you hug them and, and look them in the eyes and tell them? And and a lot of times, we'll say, well, how do you, how do you identify this great person? I don't. It's in there. I help drag it out. I don't identify it. It's in everybody, man. It's in there. You have to drag it out. So you have to find out: are they auditory, visual, or kinesthetic? What are their needs? If you sat down with them and really asked them what their needs are, most leaders don't. I do all the time. In yeah. fact, every year we sit down and say, have your needs changed? I mean, if somebody says, you know what, boss, I need to go live on an island. It's been on my list. I got to do it. I say, all right, how do we get you there? You're talking about tomorrow, talking about six months, talking about a year. What are we looking at? Let's get you there. You know what? I really need to learn to play the ukulele. Okay. All right. Can you do that here? Do you need to go? What do you need to happen so that everybody feels safe? And then during it, is there something here that you hate? Is there something here that you love? Is there a, a feeling that you need to experience that I'm missing? Because by golly, if, 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 you're, if you need a feeling, if it's within my, within my power or the team's power to help you experience that feeling, we're going to help you experience it.
0: Hmm. And
1: with those candy cards, and then one of the things about leadership too, people think leadership's out in front. No, it's not. No, it is not. You go first the first time to show them that it doesn't kill them, that you don't fall into a pit of fire and the tigers don't tear you asunder. You go first a couple times. Then you say, okay, you saw me do it. It doesn't kill us. Now you got to go and it's got to be you. And then I'll tell you, Allison, you get to see, you get to see what God made. You get to see the beautiful, ah, that little spark that's in them. You've never would have seen that if you hadn't pushed them and allowed to go. Mm-hmm. And then some people really like that role. It's not for everybody. Some people really like that role. And if they do like that role, then you say, okay, drag these others along with you. But don't forget, once you show them it doesn't kill them, not about you. Now you got to push them. So one of my... Sayings, you know, we all—I think we all have a quote or two. One of mine is, "Do not pass the torch; light more torches."
0: Mm, that's beautiful. I love it. I love yeah. that, and I and I like how you have the perspective of leadership of really number one valuing the people around you and seeing their strengths and amplifying their strengths, and then. Also, being a leader who is not afraid to go and be a part of the team. It sounds like you're one of those people that's very oh. hands-on and wants to wants to be uh, working with your people. You know, a lot of times when we look at corporations, there's a division between their leadership team and their teams that are doing, you know, quote-unquote, the work, right? And I think that division causes a separation. And so what would you say to, like, a large corporation that has this leadership team or executive team and then has the people that are you know, doing work that are out on the fields, um, how would you say to bridge that gap?
1: Number one, if you hold that space, they're afraid of you. They're uncertain about you. Whenever you come to the room, they cringe. Whether you see it or not, they cringe because they're not sure about their relationship with you. If we're on a job site and we're installing solar, and that's, that's not my main role, I'm the CEO. Is my main role digging holes? No, but I do them sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I like to be out there with the guys. And when I'm out there and we're you know, humping panels up a ladder onto a roof. I'm not the boss. The lead installer is the boss. And he gets to bark at me and he gets to boss me around just like everybody else. You want to know why? That's his job. That's his career path. He's friggin' great at it. That's why he's the lead installer for the number one solar company in Montana. Is that a place where I need to have my big nose in it Mm-hmm. No, that's no. And then I'm telling you when other people see you humping the panel up the ladder, it changes them. And then, you know, you hear the other side of it. Well, um, familiarity breeds contempt. I, I think that's misused and in a different place. People love to see you not being afraid to get dirty. People love to see you working along with them and not thinking that you're better than them. And people love to see you vulnerable mm. um, one of the things, man, every CEO needs to read a book by Brené Brown tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. Tomorrow, daring greatly, or one of those about how. And one of the reasons I love Brené Brown's work is because I like a book that has a story, is well narrated, and has a lesson. That's how I get down, and I'm I, I devour you know a book or two a month on Audible. And one of the things about her style is she owns her vulnerability, doesn't try to be perfect, but is also brilliant. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what makes you just fall in love with people. And that's a leader that you'll go anywhere with. And if you think that your leader thinks he's above you and doesn't care about you, you're not going to follow him that far. That's great Simon Sinek right there, right? Where if your leader loves you, cares about you, is worried about you. And a real leader, if it says, man, this might be dangerous, I'll tell you what, a poor leader says, this might be dangerous. You go do it. A real leader says, this might be dangerous. I'm going to do it. Have the phone on speed dial or get a rope if I fall in here. Mm
0: -hmm. Right.
1: A real leader says, I wouldn't send you into if it's dangerous. I'm going to go into it because it might be. Mm -hmm. And you only have to display that form of leadership a few times. And now you have people that will follow you into the hot gates of Thermopylae. Mm -hmm. These are people that will follow you into the hot gates of hell. And now with that team, Allison, I'll build the pyramids.
0: Mm -hmm. Right? Isn't that beautiful? And as soon as you build that rapport and that trust with them, there's something beautiful that happens and and I love how you were talking about your company and how you got some of the most brilliant minds and they aren't all the same type of person right they all have different strengths and abilities that they're bringing to your team and with that you aren't saying hey i know all the answers you're saying hey here's the vision let's create it let's invent something let's let's make something new and i love that innovation and that idea of taking all of these brilliant people together, bringing their strengths together, encouraging them, creating that vision. And then you're doing it, right? You've created Mm -hmm. that that product and that service. And now you're out there serving the world in a huge way. And I think that that's a beautiful thing that many people, they don't stop and think about how how that works and what that looks like and what can happen when we come together and that collaboration that happens. I love being able to do that. And and I'm glad you shared that. So what are the two things you've done in your life to launch to the next level?
1: The last thing I'll say about my team, I got them all at about half pay too. I got them all at way less than what the job market was paying for them right then because I was able to say, this is what we're trying to create. Can you help me get there? Mm -hmm. And everybody loves a challenge. And being a part of collaborative to get there, and so I was able to get the best talent at less pay and total buy-in. So let's say you pay them more, but they're going for the check; they're not really bought in. Are they really present, or you know, are they on Facebook like all of us tend to be at times, or are they coming early, staying late, texting on weekends because they had an epiphany in the shower? We, a shower epiphanies, are a real thing. I would say a third of the stuff that we've invented or whatever happened in the shower. I've called from the shower several times saying, I know how we're going to do this rack. I know how we're going to design this or engineer it or whatever else. And that's a real thing. And so that buy-in now, you know, it's not about the money. That's a really committed person. And again, if you've got several of those, then you'll find the money. You'll find the way, you'll find your market, and you'll create the time. You'll drag it into reality. I believe that to be true. Mm. Okay. So you know one of the things that I find about seminars, so I love to go to personal development seminars, a lot of great names that people know and love and read. They're, they're in my phone. They're in my speed dial. I believe they would take my call right now because I, I play full out. I engage. I hope that I'm fun. One of the things that happens to all of us at seminars, you go to this event, speaker is fabulous. Uh, you feel the energy of the room. You make great notes. You go, oh my gosh, that's an epiphany. If I would change this, if I change that, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that in my life. Boom. will never be the same. Well, what happens? Allison, you get home. Your life, your kids, your job, your phone, your friends, your bills, your anxiety. And very quickly, for whatever reason, the importance that those things had to change dulls really fast. Mm -hmm. and how you said always from now on or never again. You make these huge, bold statements, and they don't for whatever reason. For whatever reason, it fades really fast in the human psyche, and you don't do it. One of the things that I've been great at is forcing myself to do the exercises, forcing myself to implement some of the things that Simon Sinek teaches me in the shower I make sure I don't do them all. He's got 50 great things. Do I do 50? No, I don't do 50, but I do a couple. Mm -hmm. Um, A few of the things that David Goggins did when he's becoming a Navy SEAL, right? I do them. Mm -hmm. You know, a couple of things that Brene Brown does, I do. Tony Robbins, Deepak Chopra, Dennis Waitley, Brian Tracy, the list. I don't do them all, Mm -hmm. but I pick one or two. I write it on my mirrors and I force myself to take action. So I am not any better than anybody else. I'm not any smarter. I don't work any harder, whatever else. Eh, It's none of that. That's not it. It's if I learn something great that I really feel is going to impact my life and can add value to me and my business. I write it on every mirror in my house. I think about it continually. I put it on my to-do list. My personal assistant gets to be in charge of me. She gets to be a tireless nag. That's her job to make sure that I do some of these things. And if you will take action, I don't care what performance book it's in. Think and Grow Itch, pick it. If you'll gravitate to a couple of things and do it, you will change your life. And what's fun about that, I'm getting long-winded, is your three-month goals happen in two and a half, but your one-year goal happens in seven months, and your three-year goal happens in a year and a half. And then that further powers you, To keep doing these things because you've seen it in reality.
0: Mm. Good. Yes, I love that. And I like that you take and you actually pull out the best things, the things that will relate to you, and you put them everywhere so that you are actually implementing the things that you're learning. I think for our launch leaders, remember that. Put it everywhere, put it on your schedule, have people remind you of it, stay accountable to that action and apply it because that's how we learn it right and you're not going to be perfect the first time that you try something it's after repeatedly trying it and consistently doing it that you're going to be able to create that as a habit in your life and then you'll show up as that person right you'll show up as that next version of yourself awesome so okay i know you have a favorite book what's your favorite book
1: oh gee that's mean
0: i like to say the one that you read the most
1: awaken the giant within but i've i've read um, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins probably 11 times. I've read Thinking and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill over 10 times. I, I refer back to Tony Robbins. And one of the things that Tony Robbins is great at is not pretending that he invented it all. He scoops great stuff from a lot of people and then packages it in a really fun way. And he delivers it in a way that for whatever, like for my psyche, for my speed and tempo, my modality, I'm hypervisual. It gets in there really well for me.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. This was absolutely amazing. We could talk for another five hours. I know we could, uh, um, but we gotta end so our listeners don't fall off. Um, how do people get a hold of you, BD?
1: So our um, engineering and informational website is the name of our company, Satic S A T I C U S A dot com. Saticusa.com. we don't sell anything we have lots of videos it's informational we have great that's our youtube channel static usa and our products are found on static shield uh, StaticShield.com. We we invite everybody to visit our youtube channel static usa watch the videos there's nothing to buy if you think that e-pollution in any form from wi-fi or whatever might be real um, please learn about it because uh, it, it truly affected my son. And, and maybe, you know, if you're somebody that thinks we are wearing the foil hat, I'll tell you what, Allison, boy, if it's your kid, if your child is suffering, then in a few minutes, I think you can take some massive action and change your life.
0: Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, BD. I appreciate you sharing your energy, your time, your wisdom with us. And for all of our launch listeners, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, make sure you share it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Launch Podcast. I'm Allison Little, and I'm so excited that you spent your time with me. Look for future episodes and connect with me on social media or at my website at www.allisonlittle.com.